Praise the Lord. I read a story of a World War II uh, gentleman that was in that war, and he was in a platoon, and they were in a very dangerous area, and uh, a lot of death all around them. I don't think any of us, if you've not been to war, can really fathom what people in war go through. Uh, I've talked to veterans before with PTSD and other things, and you have such compassion for them because I don't think any of us understand the pressure on people's minds and the awful things that they see. But anyway, he was in a very dangerous area, and uh, there was a lot of people dying everywhere. And in his platoon, uh, you know, people were being killed. But he got a revelation of a scripture verse. I'd like you to read it with me. Can you turn to Psalm chapter 34? Psalm chapter 34, please. Psalm chapter 34 and verse 7. The angel of the Lord encampeth about them that fear him and delivereth them. And he would say that verse dozens of times a day as he'd be marching. He'd be saying, Father, the angel of the Lord encampeth about me because I fear you and delivereth me. You know, he was one of the only ones that came out of that platoon alive. Sharpshooters would kill the person on his right, kill the person on his left, but for some reason and somehow, inexplicably, nothing seemed to touch him. And he made it home. Born again, spirit-filled believer in the middle of hell. You know, war is hell. And a divine, divine protection over him. Uh, <laughs> so if you will stand on the word you'll see that, that things will pass you by that maybe don't pass other people by. I've been in situations in the car where it is, uh, it is it, you know, there's a, another person doing things that they shouldn't do. Many times this has happened. And, uh, and because I stand on my covenant of protection and because I have a, a praying wife and I have the Holy Ghost inside of me, and it's a combination factor sometimes of all three of those things, but, uh, but there's been many times where it seemed like it was impossible. I don't, I, don't, I don't even to this day know how I got out of that, but it's just like the car just seemed to move, and, and I don't really know if it was fully me or if it was supernatural or not, but it just, it would just, that thing would just pass me by. Or the Holy Ghost would warn me and say, now pay attention. Yeah. Or sometimes he wouldn't warn me, but he'd use my wife. Or sometimes he wouldn't say it to me or say it to my wife, but it would just, the situation would be there in a split second, and before you know it, you're out, and you don't even know how you got out. That's called divine protection. And I want to talk to you tonight about this because I'm not sure really, I think it's for all of us. I think all of us can take a hold of this. But I, the Lord didn't say too many specifics to me to this afternoon, but, he's, but he did prompt me. He said, I want you to teach about protection because some of the folks are going to need it. Now that doesn't mean you have to take fear over that statement. But I'm saying we are in a world and there are things that happen and there are bad people, but there's also just things that happen. It's not necessarily people could be nature, could just be life. And you have to have an understanding of who you are in Christ with your protection covenant. The Lord, for him to prompt me and say, do a whole sermon on it, means that there, it is a rescue for someone or more than one person because of something the enemy is trying to pre prepare for you. And I don't want you to respond in, in a fearful way, but I do want you to pay attention because uh, there's times in the past where I've done this uh, and, 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 all of, and then people tell me later, Pastor, you won't believe what happened. 
But thank God that, that's, I, I, that scripture stayed with me. And I, and I don't know how we got out of it, but we got out of it. So I, I'm, and that's happened before. And so I'm not sure exactly what's happening here. And I'm certainly not afraid. And, and, and I'm not afraid for you. And you shouldn't be afraid for yourself. This is not to produce fear. This is to produce, produce sobriety. So that you'll understand that the Holy Ghost is helping you. <laughs> it matters what church you go to. Because if you don't go to a church... Where, where, where the Holy Ghost can talk and speak and prepare and, 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 and protect, uh, you're kind of out there on your own. And if you're not picking it up with most Christians don't, all of a sudden they have problems. Yep. They have accidents that can kill. They have break-ins. They have in home invasions. They have, I'm telling you, lots of stuff. And, and, and you just have to look around and you're, you're, there's, there's so many people that have stories about bad things that have happened to them. Not me, in Jesus' name. And you have to get that on the inside of you, that you are not like the rest of them, not just like sinners. You're not even like the rest of the Christians. Because half the Christians that are a new species of being like you with, a, with a, re, a regenerated spirit by the Holy Ghost, they're so ignorant of the word that they unfortunately just live like sinners live in certain categories because their mind has not been renewed to the word and to the covenant promises. But I have been given the, the covenants of promise. Those covenants promised me something, and I've chosen to walk in them. And I've seen it happen over and over and over again in my life. I've seen it happen over and over again. So I'm not sure who this is for. I believe it's for all of us in a general way. But if I could say it this way, I know by the Holy Ghost that there is, it's specifically for someone or for more than one person that, that, that there will be a rescue for you and a protection for you if you'll pay attention and if you'll get these scriptures down on the inside. Are you with me? Praise God. In fact, comparatively speaking, with the number of people we have in our church and the number of problems that are out there in the world, we have a very, very low rate of, of trauma and of accidents and of problems. We do have some, but it's very low compared to you just take, you just take the same number of people that we have at this church and you just pull sinners in, same number of people, and you add up the statistics, it'll be a completely different picture. So I do know that God is working in our midst, but, but I just, he sees, I had, I had enough, I wanted to teach on the Holy Ghost and praying in tongues tonight, but, but I, I was trying to go that direction, but the Holy Ghost kept pulling me. I need you to talk about protection. I need you to talk about protection. There's a reason why I'm having you do this. I'm not giving you specifics, but you need to talk about protection. And it was like an urgency. You need to talk about protection. So I'm not really sure what that is about, but, but what, whoever it's for, I just need you to pay attention. Praise God. And get these verses down in your heart and meditate upon them because you are redeemed from accidents, whether you realize it or not. Now, when you say yes, you don't just say yes, yes, like you're saying yes religiously in a church service. You better say yes and actually mean it, actually believe it and actually claim it and actually walk in and expect this to happen in your life. It's not just a yes. It's a refusal to accept anything less than divine protection in every area of your life. And listen, I'm not judging anybody because we've all had issues, including me. But, but there, if you are flowing in the perfection of the leading of the Spirit, you'll never get in a car accident. He will always warn you. And listen, I've only been in one in my entire life, and that was in California. 
with Cole. We were at Bible school and we were rushing to get to the, and I, and I was talking, I was dealing with the GPS and it wouldn't accept the airport address. And I was getting more stressed because I didn't know it was, we were in a different part of California and I didn't know how, where the road was to get back to the highway. And we had a certain amount of time and, and I don't want to miss that flight. So I'm, 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 China, it won't go, and it keeps going, and I'm like, what is wrong with this thing? Now, what you're supposed to do is pull your car over on the side of the road because that's called distracted driving. Now, you see, the Holy Ghost, now listen, I'm trying to help you. These are spiritual things, whether they sound spiritual or not. If you're violating natural law, the Holy Ghost sometimes won't warn you because he didn't warn me, and he normally does warn me because I was doing something that I shouldn't have done. I know enough, I'm smart enough with common sense to know that I should pull the car over and figure that out instead of trying to figure that out while I've got my, you know, you know what I'm saying? And, and, and so you're, you're kind of playing Russian roulette when you do that. You might make it, you might not make it. But I was so engrossed and stressed trying to get that airport address in there that I, the, the light was green, but I'm looking at it and we're not going that fast, maybe 50, 60 kilometers an hour on the side street, but I hadn't seen that the light had turned red. And it was actually orange, but it had turned red before I entered the intersection. And the lady was pulling out to turn. She's turning left, and I'm coming this way. And so she thinks I'm seeing her, and I'm not seeing her. So she pulls out, and I look up, and she's right in front of me, and we T-bone and total the car. And, uh, you know, $78,000 worth of damage between both vehicles. But God in his mercy and Errol's ingenuity, uh, praise God, got me out of it. We didn't pay a penny, praise God. I don't know how he did that. I don't know how angels did that, but we had such favor with the insurance company and with Visa, because part of it was Visa insurance, part of it was church insurance, and uh, God just gave us supernatural and divine favor and uh, fixed that person's car, replaced the rental car, and didn't cost us a penny. God really got, a, got me out of a, a mess. That was the only accident I've ever had, had that was my fault, but he didn't warn me. Why didn't he warn me? Because I, what you know to do, you should do. Do you understand? Now, I know not to speed. But on the Autobahn, that's not speeding. And I've been there driving 240 kilometers an hour, and I, and I once heard the Holy Ghost say, slow down, son. So I did. But at other times, I've heard him say, have fun. And I'm not, you, you, I don't care what you believe or what you don't believe. I know God. And he knows everything. He knows if the car I'm in can take it. He knows what the other traffic is doing. He knows if there's drunk drivers around. And I've had times where he said, it's not illegal, because there it's not illegal, so I'm not breaking the law. And I've heard him say, have fun. I said, Jesus, I love you so much. You are the coolest thing. And you know what? I will take you up on that, sir. And other times he said, slow down. Because he knows something that I don't know. Now that's called divine protection. If I violate that instruction, I've opened a door, a problem can happen. But, but you see, if you're here and you're doing crazy things on the road and you're breaking the law, he won't often protect you. Sometimes in his mercy, he said to me, you know, slow down. I'm not doing crazy speeds. I might be doing 10 or 15 over the speed limit, which is pretty much everybody does these days almost. But I'll still at times hear him say, slow down. But it's not necessarily because I'm doing something that wrong. It's because he knows the animal that's about to come in the, into the road. And I obey him and I slow down and there's that deer. I can't see it in the fog and there it is. I would have hit that thing. 
So that's called divine protection. The inner witness, listening to God, is part of the divine protection covenant. It's not just that nothing happens in your path. It's that he will lead you around it or through it or over it or under it or whatever. Or, and sometimes things happen, you don't even know that they're happening. Because you don't even know until after the fact. And sometimes, I bet you we're going to get to heaven and there's going to be a lot of things we find out that we were divinely protected from and we had no clue it even happened here. For example, with the yellow helmet and the yellow uh, scooter going through the most dangerous city, town, I should say, in all five countries of Central America where they would catch people, gringos, I'm a gringo, and they would catch them and they would decapitate them and put their heads in the middle of the street as a sign, don't come into our town, white people. But of course, I never saw any heads. My, and Jenny's pregnant, and we're just going there to go to the grocery store so we can buy food, having a grand old time. Just going on our yellow scooters with our yellow helmets, and they're all looking at us, shaking their heads. All the old ladies sweeping their thing, they just look at us. And I said, Jenny, what is wrong with these people? Then I thought, it must be the helmet, because we do look like a, like a, like a bee with those helmets on, like a bumblebee. So we start taking the helmets off, and they'd still look at us. But on the way to the airport, after three and a half months there, the three months there, the man told us he was the supervisor of all five nations, remember, for one of the, one of the, organ, one of the Christian organizations there. And he said, I, w- I have a bulletproof vehicle because of kidnappings and all that stuff. He said, I won't even let my wife take the bulletproof vehicle through that town because it is the most dangerous town in all five countries. Not just, El- not just Guatemala, the most dangerous town in all five Central American countries. People are murdered there every single week. And the cartels, the gang cartels, target gringos. Yes. And here we are every week, twice a week, going right through. <laughs> I mean, just having a great old time with my pregnant wife on the back. Now, you see, we had no idea what we were doing. God didn't check us. The guy didn't tell us. It was completely ignorance. But there was a divine protection. But I didn't even know it till afterward. Now, if the man had told us before, do not do this, then if I do it, I have to have a witness. But if I don't have a witness and I've got natural wisdom, you're playing games with your life. So we got to understand this, this covenant of protection is not just for you to do whatever you want and not act in wisdom, but if you truly don't know, <laughs> so why didn't the Lord give me a check? That's what I, I've asked him many times. Why didn't you give me a check? And the Lord said to me one day, he said, because I can protect you. And, it, and I just wanted to show you. I wanted that to be a sign and a wonder to you after the fact that I have your back when you're on the mission field. So that in the future, when you're in dangerous places, you will always remember back to that situation and say, he had my back and he didn't even tell me not to go. He could have told me and I would have obeyed because we know that check. So sometimes he'll just protect you just so that it's a sign and a wonder to you and to others that he's with you because you're going to need the anchor in your soul for that when you face other situations. Do you understand? Praise God. And there was no instruction. But on that platform in India, that was not my fault. I did nothing wrong. They came to kill me. I didn't know. The pastor messed up, not me. But you see, in that situation, he spoke, told me what to do, spin like a top. You better be ready to do what he tells you to do. Whatever he says. And not fit into your mind about it, but just immediately follow your spirit, whatever that may be for you at that moment. So that's part of the covenant of protection. But I love that story about that man. Almost his whole platoon was killed, Jenny. And people say, well, well, you're very lucky. No, it's got nothing to do with luck. It's because of Psalm 34, 7. That angel covered him. 
and protected him supernaturally and divinely. Why can an angel do that there, but he can't do that with you on the road in the ice? Because a lot of people are worried about driving in the wintertime, and, and I understand the natural things, but if you, don't, if you don't put your foot on that thing, it will start to cripple you. My wife had a, a season after doctor died where a demon spirit would torment her about flying in the plane. How many, how many years was it? Two years. And I, and I could tell. I mean, she was, she was really scared. And, and it traumatized her what happened with Dr. Dufresne. It didn't me, but it did her. And I would just kind of like, you just use my faith. Just, you know, Lord, thank you for helping my wife. I take authority over that. But you see, some things I can deal with and some things I can't. I'm not sure exactly how all that works, but some things she has to deal with herself. But I remember we were going down to Texas, but we remember with Brother Jerry. Was it Brother Jerry? I don't think you were there. Was it Rosita and you? But you were going somewhere. I was at that conference, but you were traveling separately to me. And, and, and God dealt with, that thing left you. There was that evil spirit on the plane harassing her mind with fear and with thoughts of destruction. But she, she spoke to it. She had been standing against it for two years, but that day she spoke to it. I guess she was at a different place in the spirit and it left her. She's never had that since. But I'm, what I'm saying is if you are, if you are harassed about protection issues, if you're harassed with fear about driving, about flying, about anything like that, do not ignore that. I promise you it will not stay static. Those things always grow. They never stay the same. It will grow. And if you say, well, I've been like that for years and it hasn't really grown. Oh, yes, it has. You haven't realized it. There's other areas it's morphed into now and it's multiplied. And now there's other areas you're afraid of. Do you understand? If you don't address fear, if you don't address it, you don't ignore it. Don't sweep it under the rug. Don't try to act like it's not there. Address it. Speak to it. And, it, and I, I hope that you're in a place where it will listen to you right away, but I'm just, I'm not going to make it sound easier than it is because we have divine authority, but certain spirits are strong. And sometimes we have to get to a certain place in our maturity and in our faith and in our understanding and revelation of dominion for those things to obey us. And for her, it took two years. I've had things that it's taken me 12 years. So don't, don't talk to me about, well, well, you know, how come I spoke to it once and it didn't obey? Because you don't know much if you're talking. Now, in the ideal scenario, if we're all in the place where we should be, you talk to it once and it will obey. And many times I've done that and it has obeyed. But there's other times it hasn't. That doesn't mean my covenant doesn't work. That doesn't mean I'm failing. It doesn't mean I'm in sin. It means I've got to seek God. I don't ignore it. I seek God. Uh, Mr. Devil, just hold on a second. I'll be right with you. You just can have a seat there. I'll be right with you, sir. Thank you. He's not worthy to be called, sir. Now, Father, I'm not ignoring the problem, but when I speak to it, it don't listen to me. So I need to seek you now to see what we're, we're, there's, a, there's a disconnect somewhere. Maybe there's unforgiveness. Maybe I've disobeyed something. Maybe I've opened a door and I need to close that door. That's why that fear came. Lord, is there something there? Where am I at in my revelation of dominion? Do I really believe Mark eleven twenty three that when I say it will obey me or do I really in the bottom part of my stomach really quiet where I don't want anybody to know, I really kind of don't really believe it will happen. Where am I at, Father? Because I have rights and privileges as a covenant man, and this is part of my covenant, and it's not working. So instead of ignoring it, I'm going to turn my face to you. Just have a seat in my waiting room, Mr. Devil. I'll be right with you, because I'm going to deal with you. Don't worry. I'm going to deal with you. But, but you're not listening to me when I tell you to leave. So instead of quitting, being condemned, being upset, being afraid, and stopping traveling if it's fear of flying, stopping driving if it's fear of snow, 
Instead of doing that, turn your gaze toward the Father and seek him. Why is this happening? I have a right to know. And he is faithful to show you. And it could be a variety of different things. It could be a variety. Once the Lord recently, uh, something was going on and, and he said, he, he said, I need to give you a strategy. I can't tell you what it was, but he said, I need to give you a strategy. He said, but I can't until you repent. And I said, Lord, what did I do? Jenny, it's hard. It boggles my mind. But he told me something that I did before I even married my wife. Back in the 90s or late 90s. I had said something to a family member of hers and I had kind of judged them about something they were doing. And, uh, you know, I didn't, you know, because I didn't think what they were doing was right. So I had my opinion and I judged them and I said, I don't think this is ridiculous or whatever, whatever. I never thought about it again. Never thought about it again. And all these years later, the Lord said something to me earlier this year. And he said, I want to help you with the situation, but I can't until you repent. And I, so I'm thinking, what have I just done? And he took me back to 1998. He said, do you remember when you said that to that family member? I said, Lord, how do you even remember that? Because <laughs> I, I do remember, but without you reminding me, I wouldn't have even remembered that. God remembers everything. He watches everything. He said, I heard your words. And he said, you got into judgment on that person. You weren't judging fruit. You were judging them. And he said, you need to repent of that and then call them and repent to them, which I really didn't want to do. And he said, you don't, you don't have to if you don't want to, but I can't give you the strategy until you do. Because the strategy, it's something to do with what I judged them about. So I did and I called and I repented and they forgave me. And within the next day, I went to prayer, and the Lord said, now I can talk to you. And he laid out a whole strategy for me, and he, but he, he couldn't get that over to me because there were some similarities with the strategy based on what I had judged them on. And he couldn't show me until I repented of that. But that was part of the protection covenant for me because by giving me that strategy, it protected our family. So sometimes there's repentance that has to happen. Sometimes there's things he's asked you to do, and God's very particular when it comes to how you treat the local church. If you don't discern the Lord's body, if, if you're like I said on Sunday, you're shallowing up on what he's prompting you to give. Yeah. Yeah. He, he will deal with you on that because it will block things in your life. Yeah. It will block not just increase, it can even block protection. Yeah. It can block lots of things. Yeah. It can block the baptism of the Holy Ghost. It can block healing. Yeah. You gotta, and if, you're, if you're doing financially right, but you won't serve, you better watch it. Yeah. Because you're in a church that tells you what the Bible says. You're not in a church that says you can do whatever you want. So you're responsible for what you've heard. And if you've heard to serve and you refuse to serve, that can, that can open a door. That can cause things to be blocked in your life and open the door to problems because of disobedience to the word. Do you understand? Talking about people, unforgiveness toward people, making fun of people, having a racist bent about people, having a snobby bent. You know, sno you know like snobbery is financial racism. Well, you know, you, 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 <laughs> look at the house you live in. Look at what you drive. Look what I live in. That's, that's racism about finances. God hates that. I'm glad you're blessed, but don't flaunt it. Don't ever think you're better than somebody because you got something. That's the fastest way to lose it. You'll block that flow of blessing. So what I'm saying is that we are living in a minefield and a lot of places everywhere you turn, there could be things. There's things when you're driving. There's things in your neighborhood. 
I wouldn't meditate too much on these shows that talk about, you know, you know how they got these shows. They're kind of like documentaries, but they're, they're not movies. So I guess they are documentaries. But, you know, I was looking through because no, I can't well seem to watch any movies. They're all full of the devil. So I, I've gone over to the documentary side of the coin. And, I, and there's so many. I can't believe how many there are. It's like, it's like a world. I'm like, wow, I could learn so much here. And uh, I, for, so forensic files, but I passed over that. And, uh, but, you know, there's so many like, like my, my roommate, uh, my roommate, you know, the worst roommate in the world. And it's all about how they came to take over their life, you know, try to attack them, try to steal their house from them. I didn't watch it, but I watched the trailer and I thought, I don't want to meditate on that. So I go to the next one, you know, encounters, uh, strange encounters with strange people. I wonder what that's about. Watch the trailer. And it's like this crazy person comes up, tries to rape them. They run away. The police help them. I don't want to meditate on that. Then it's like break-ins. So I wonder what that's about. Well, it's about break-ins and about people saying, oh, you know, this one lady said all the time, uh, oh my God, you, you know, one of these days we're going to get broken into. You see, she's a sinner. She doesn't know what she's doing. Oh my God, I hope one of these, and sure enough, she got broken into and the guy held a gun and shot her, killed her husband. She made it out alive. But you know, she kept saying for years, oh my God, I hope somebody doesn't break in and kill us. And it was her story about somebody breaking in and killing one of their family members. I don't want to meditate on that. So just, you check the trailer. Don't watch the whole thing to see what it's about. Watch the trailer to see what it's about. And even better, listen to the inner witness when you're looking at the screen because the Holy Ghost can prompt you, no. Sometimes you'll say no and I'll say why. (laughs) And so I have to watch the trailer to see if he was right. What I'm saying is it's not a good idea to meditate on those kind of things. The more you meditate on problems happening, on people being hurt, people breaking in, diseases coming, you know, the more you think about those kind of things, you're thinking on the other side of your covenant promise and fear will start to come in and and obsession will start to come in. And even if you're not afraid, it's just not good. You don't want those thoughts in your mind all the time. So be careful what your eye gates look at because it's very important. We have clean, pure minds. And so, you know, I know there's a lot of nonsense out there, but my house is never going to be broken into. And they invited some of our special friends from Jane and Finch to move into our neighborhood in Brampton when we were there. It was so kind of them to do that. And so we had gang, we, they, literally, there were gang people in our neighborhood and uh, people were being vandalized and houses were being broken into. And I just put my foot down and I said, I don't care who they invited in. They can invite Satan himself into this neighborhood. I have a covenant. No one is coming into this house without my permission. And I spoke the word and I applied the blood. And of course, we've never had a problem and we never will. We've never had the car broken into and we never will. I, uh, the, the, the van guy, you know, he said, this is one of the most sought out vans. It's the three year wait to get the van we have now. You basically can't get them. And he said, uh, he, this hybrid van. And he said, uh, you know, especially the co- color combination and the leather that you've picked and everything. He said, uh, almost every one of your kind has already been stolen in Toronto. He told me that when I was signing the papers, he said, like, there's not very many in Toronto and almost every one has already been stolen at least once. So he said, now he showed me the picture. Now you have to go get the claw thing you know, that goes in your steering wheel oh, yeah. and you have to lock it. Yeah. And he said, and then he said, you do this other one. There's another one that there's two of them. He wanted me to get. And he said, I'm telling you, he said, uh, what they do is they find out in the register where these people live. He said, are you putting it in your garage or outside? I said, well, my garage is full. So it's outside. He said, clean out the garage, put it in the garage. He said, don't leave it out in your driveway. He said, I know Aaron is safe, but he said, I'm telling you, people find out where the owners of these vans are. They steal them. 
so I, I go and, I, and, I, and I, got, I got the Amazon, my, my account is open. And I, and I got the thing, the claw, whatever you call it. And then I got the other one. And I, then I thought, well, that one looks like a no-name brand. I want the brand name. So I went and paid, was paying double for the brand name one because I'm sure the brand name's better. Okay, usually it is. So I'm about to press, okay, because I want to use natural wisdom. And I heard the Holy Ghost say, what are you doing? And I said, Lord, I'm buying the claw because that guy said, he already knows what the guy said, but I told him what the guy said. I'm telling you the truth. I, I, but you see, if he hadn't said anything, guess what? I'd have the claw. But I said, I said, well, he said, and he said, but did you ask me what I say? I'm trying to help you. Giving you practical examples. And I said, Lord, I'm sorry. I didn't think I really had to ask you because there's, I'm trying to follow common sense here. He said almost every van has been stolen. So, and they, and they find out where you live. I just want to use natural wisdom. That's why I'm buying the claw. He said, but did you ask me what I say? So I said, Lord, I, I am so sorry. What do you say? He said, don't buy that. And I said, but what about him? He said, the blood is greater than the claw. So I said, okay. And so we've just, you know, the thought comes to me sometimes. You go, you know, somebody, you go into the grocery store. You do the, the thought comes to me sometimes. But I just say, no, no, no. The blood is greater than the claw. And I just apply the blood. And of course, we're not going to have a problem in terms. We've had a lot of other problems with the van. It's broken down eight times in 11 months. But we've never had it stolen. <laughs> okay, okay. I'm not talking about uh, craftsmanship. I'm talking about protection tonight. <laughs> oh, God. Oh, yes. Talk to Jessica. She's so, she, they all know her by name. Oh, hi, Jess. How you doing? Yeah, the van broke down again. Could you please get a rental car? <clears throat> but I'm not talking about workmanship or craftsmanship. I'm talking about protection. That thing might be a lemon, but it's never been broken into. So praise God for that. I almost would rather it be broken into. <laughs> no, I take those words back. I sever those in Jesus' name. But the thought has crossed my mind. The thought, just take the blood off and let somebody take that thing. Give me a new one. Give me a new one. Because the insurance has to give you a new one. Just do something, Jesus. But you know, but can I tell you something that's funny about that? No, I'm, I'm talking about being led by the Spirit, right? Even protection and finances. We got so fed up with it, because right now we have a rental car because it's in the shop for another three weeks. Eight times in 11 months. So I said to Jenny, I'm done. I didn't buy this vehicle, so I would be taking it in all the time. You buy a new vehicle for a peace of mind. And this is the opposite. Now, it's never been stolen, <laughs> but I honestly started thinking maybe I should believe for it to be stolen. But, but then I thought, no, that's not, that's not God to believe that it would be stolen. So I said, Lord, you told me the blood's greater than the claw. You didn't tell me take the blood off and that it'd be stolen. So I'm just going to believe that it'll be safe, which it is. I said, but Lord, if it, if it were to get stolen, then the insurance, it would affect my insurance. And, you know, it's not a good thing. I said, so I don't know how we're going to do, but we've got to get out of this thing. This is a lemon. I want a watermelon. I don't want a lemon. And so I just felt prompted, uh, uh, contact the guy who sold it to you. And so I asked Jessica to help me. And basically he gave us such favor. And he said, you know what? He goes, you're right. He said, this is a lemon. He said, our chief mechanic has no idea what's wrong with your car. And he's the chief tech guy. And even he can't figure it out. He said, something's wrong with that car, but it sure is safe, isn't it? <laughs> oh, it sure is safe. <laughs> And so he, he told Jessica, he said, uh, just tell them any car they want. 
any car they want. It's theirs. We're, not, we're gonna cancel out the kilometers. For the rest of the lease, we're, gonna, we're not gonna charge you another penny. Just pick whatever you want. We'll give it to you, no questions asked. And just drive it with new kilometer ratings for the rest of your lease as our gift to you for this mess. And I thought, well, Lord, I could have believed for it to be stolen, but that would have affected my insurance. And so look, you ended up keeping it safe and then giving me a brand new one at no cost to me. Now my faith is not just that the new one will be safe, but that the new one won't be a lemon. You've all had lemons. You know what I'm talking about. They're really frustrating. Praise God. So uh, can you read again with me? The angel of the Lord encampeth about them that fear him and delivereth them. That is a good verse to memorize. Uh, honey, what did he say? Psalm 3, verse 4. What was that again? What was that again? No, no. Just memorize it. Psalm 34 and verse 7, Reverend Greg. Not 37, verse 4, okay? 34, 7. All right. Now, I'd like you to also read with me verse 19, please, if you have your Bibles. Many are the afflictions of the righteous. Claim that one, brother. That's a promise box verse. Actually, this was a promise box. My mother would make me read this out of the promise box. But you've got to keep reading past the beginning part because it's not exactly exciting at the beginning. Many are the afflictions of the righteous, but the Lord delivereth him out of them all. And I say, so, Lord, sometimes it feels like there's just problems coming at me. But I claim Psalm 34, 19, that you deliver me out of them all. I am delivered out of them all. I am delivered out of them all. I will not be taken captive by any. I will not suffer financial loss from any. I am delivered out of them all. You see, if you use the word, it'll work for you. It will work for you. Praise God. Now have a look, please, if you would. Woo, glory. Psalm 35. Verse 7. Uh, Brother Greg, I, I, I believe you have a Bible, right? Okay. And board members have to. You know, it's part of the rules. Now, this is, I really like this one. Now, this one sounds a bit violent, but it's in the Bible, so you can claim it. And I have, and it actually works. Psalm 35, <laughs> uh, verse 5. But let them be these ones that devise my hurt. Verse 4 says, the ones that want me to be hurt. The enemies. People that don't like me. Let them be as chaff before the wind. And let the angel of the Lord chase them. I claim that every day. (laughs) Don't mess with me. Because I got verses that people don't know about. And the next verse, let their way, the ones that devise my hurt, be dark and slippery. And let the angel of the Lord persecute them. You said, but brother, we're in the new covenant. Yeah, but I can still claim the old covenant stuff. Don't worry about it. And this works. The word chase them means to push them down, (laughs) to cause them to totter. And the word persecute them means to run after with hostile intent, to hunt them and to pursue them without mercy. The angel of the Lord will watch over you and those that devise hurt. You can claim this verse. Uh, We love people. I'm, I'm not hurting them. I'm just saying, angels, take care of this for me. They want to hurt the man of God. They want to hurt my family. We're, we're covenant people. Let the angel of the Lord chase them. Let, I'm not going to chase them, and I'm not going to persecute them. But let the angel of the Lord do, do that business. Because some people, they need a good cleaning of their clock. Some people actually have to be removed. Because they're wicked and unreasonable. Unreasonable people you can't, you can't negotiate with. 
I've had people in my job that you, before, years ago, you couldn't negotiate with them. They were unreasonable. They would not listen to reason. And they're persecuting. They're devising hurt. And I said, angel, go and remove them. And the angel has. Doesn't always happen the next day, but it always happens. Because he will protect me. This is part of the protection covenant. It sounds a little bit violent, doesn't it? But I'm giving you some scriptures in your arsenal that you would remember that you're not alone and there is a divine covenant of protection for you. What about 1 Peter chapter 1 verse 5? Can you go over to the New Testament? 1 Peter chapter 1 and verse 5. Giving you some scriptures. It's your decision if you want to write them down or not. But I, I, would, uh, I would encourage you to meditate on them because I don't know why he said, well, you need to talk about protection. You need to talk about protection. There's an, for some reason, there's an urgency to talk about protection. Who are kept by the power of God through faith unto salvation, ready to be revealed at the last time. Now, the word kept means a watcher, somebody to mount guard as a sentinel, to hem in with a garrison. I got angels watching over me like sentinels. I've been hemmed in like with a garrison of angels. I am kept. I say this verse regularly. Memorize this verse. Don't, don't, don't just get lazy. You memorize everything else. Memorize scripture. First Peter 1, 5. Father, I am kept by the power of God. I am kept and protected and preserved. Watched over. Hemmed in. Garrisoned around by the angels today. I, am, I know it's talking about angels because it's not talking about human beings. And it talks about a garrison of troops watching over you. What are those? What's that garrison? Angels. So, Father, I claim that I'm kept and protected by the power of God today. Uh, it doesn't matter if I go on icy roads. I'll have the inner witness and I have the angels. I'm not going to let that make me afraid. It doesn't matter if I'm going into dangerous places. Don't be stupid. Follow the inner witness. But if you don't have a check and if you need to do it for whatever you need to do, you know, ladies, when you're walking that dark, that dark garage or wherever you are, you've got to have these verses in you. The angel of the Lord encampeth about me and delivereth me. I am kept by the power of God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Yes, yes, yes. This really does work. Yes, this really does work. This works. I'm telling you, this works. Works against wild animals. It works against wild people. It works in every case, in every situation, but you've got to believe it. You've got to put your faith in it. If it could work for a World War II vet, it could work for me today. Are you with me? Now, what about uh, Philippians 119? Philippians 119, that's another one that I, that I say a lot. For I know that this shall turn to my salvation through your prayer and the supply of the Holy Ghost. My salvation, part of the word salvation there, means protection and deliverance. It means a lot of things. It means health, it means financial protection. It's kind of like an all-inclusive word, but part of it means protection for deliverance. So I say, Father... Your word tells me that I know that this situation, if it looks bad, it'll turn to my protection. It has to turn to my protection. Do you understand? This is a great verse to use if you're entering a situation and it looks bad. Do you understand? Like uh, you're already kind of in it. It's upon you. You can't get out of it. And this is a great verse to, to have already on the tip of your tongue. You've got to memorize it. You got to know where it is. Psalm Philippians 119, you got to know where it is. This will turn. Like, like when we were 
I didn't claim this in that plane, but when we were in that plane and they said the emergency vehicles, da, 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 there's a problem with the elevators, da, 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 and uh, on the plane, and we, we're going, we're going to do an emergency landing. If we say brace, 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 that means you need, and they're going through all that stuff, and people are gasping and uh, whatever, whatever nonsense. I checked my spirit. There's no, there's no alarm. But if I'm in that situation, now there was no check before I got on the plane. But if I'm in that situation, that situation's already upon me. So I use this verse. This will turn. Whatever has to happen in this situation right now, angels go do it. This has to turn to my protection. And because of my protection, in most cases, it protects other people around me. That story of that guy in that plane crash, he's the only survivor. Conan Copeland was talking about him some years ago. And he, uh, the plane was on fire. He was on the back. People were killed, burning alive. It's horrific. And, the, and, and there was different sections on fire, and he was in the back. He couldn't get out. He knew he was going to be burned alive. And so he just started claiming scriptures. And God translated him from the back of the plane to the middle of the plane where there was no fire. But there's still fire in front. So he claimed it again, and God translated him out to the wing. And then, he, and, then he, and then he God translated him into the grass. Now, why didn't God just translate him from the back to the grass? See, I think about these things. And I never have answers to them. I, I just think God is just due to the sign and a wonder. He just wanted him to know, uh, I'm here for you. I'm here for you. Praise God. Four times planes have been going down. And Jesse DePlanis has stood up in business class while everybody's screaming and putting on their mask. Now, remember, you've got to put the mask on for the child first and then your own mask. Yeah, whatever. When that's happening, everybody's just for their own self. Even the mamas are just grabbing their own mask and slapping their kids and put this on quick. I mean, everybody is in panic mode and you never follow what the people say. But four times, four times, Jerry Seville told me this personally, four times. It's been going down. They've lost control of the aircraft. It is going to crash. And people are screaming and putting on their masks and brace, brace, brace. And Jerry has stood up and said, in the name of Jesus. And, the, and that thing is leveled off. And the pilots have never been able to figure out how or why. Because angels got under those wings and held that thing aloft until they could do an emergency landing. What I'm saying is you've got a covenant of protection and other people's lives may depend on you because they don't have a covenant of They are going to get whatever comes their way. Not me. I'm not getting whatever comes my way. I've got angels, brothers and sisters, and I've got the blood. And if I believe it, I will be safe. And there's a spirit of faith on this sermon tonight and there's an impartation for some of you. So whether you're watching or here, if I were you, I would try to take this in, write these down and meditate on not in fear. Don't do it in fear, you'll open a door. But just as a protectiveness, as a, 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 you're going to be, we're going to do preventative measures and, and claim this because I don't know why there's an urgency, but he said you need to talk about this. You need to talk about protection. Hallelujah. Thank God for the Holy Ghost. Mm-mm-mm. Amen. Now, turn to Isaiah. I'm just giving you different scriptures. There's so many of them, but I'm only giving you the ones that floated up in my spirit. Of course, you can find your own. But Isaiah chapter 54 And verse 17, no weapon that is formed against me, formed against me, fashioned it means, fashioned against me, framed against me, purposed against me, shall prosper. That word prosper means to to be profitable or to push forward in your life, to take ground. No weapon formed against me will take ground. That's interesting in the Hebrew what it means to take ground. No weapon formed against me shall prosper. 
and every tongue that shall rise against me in judgment, thou shalt condemn. That's not just people's tongues, that's also the voice of the devil, the thoughts of the enemy coming into your mind. This is where, this is a great verse for Pastor Nancy's answer it book. Because when tongues rise against you, you've got to answer them. That says, didn't say that God would condemn it, it said you would condemn it. And you know what the word condemn means? That word condemn means to declare something illegal. It means to, it means to declare something to not... To declare something, condemn it means to declare it illegal so it does not disturb or violate peace. Yeah. Oh, that's good. Don't let things violate peace. Yeah. Speak to it. You condemn it. You say. The tongue has come. The voice has come. Whether it's a person, whether it's a demon. You say it. You condemn it because no weapon. Now, now notice here, I think these things are connected. Notice it's talking about protection and then it talks about answering Words. I believe a lot of the protection is connected to you answering words. Amen. We claim this verse, but people don't always understand fully what it means. They just say, no weapon formed against me shall prosper. But when a thought comes, you're going to get in an accident. And they don't answer and condemn that tongue. They've opened a door, and then they wonder why the weapon formed against them prospered. When the, word, when the words come by a person or by an evil spirit or just thoughts come and they're not according to the word, you have to answer that. You have to condemn it. Didn't say God would. Didn't say somebody else would. Said you do it. When you condemn it, now you have a right to say, the weapon shall not prosper. And by the way, it didn't say it wouldn't be formed. Some people are claiming that nothing ever bad will happen. No, he said weapons can form, situations can arise, but they cannot prosper. They cannot prosper, but you've got to answer tongues, words, thoughts. When you answer it, protection works for you. I'll tell you, this is very important. Some of you aren't saying amen enough. I'll give you a chance. Go ahead. That's very weak, but anyway, I'll take it. I'll take it. Brother, brother I'm going to take that real good. Amen. Second Thessalonians chapter three, verse three. Second Thessalonians, I'm giving you scriptures now. Second Thessalonians chapter three, verse three. But the Lord is faithful. Yes, he is. Who will establish you and keep you, protect you, guard you from evil. That's a great verse to claim. First, second Thessalonians three, three. The Lord is faithful. The Lord is faithful. He will establish me and keep me from evil. So we got a few New Testaments that are, there's many of course, but I'm giving you 1 Peter 1, 5. Get that one. Philippians 1, I'm kept by the power of God. Philippians 1, 19. It'll turn to my protection and salvation. Praise God. And 2 Thessalonians 3, 3. Praise God. He's faithful and he will keep me from evil. Get these verses inside, speak them and expect them to operate. Expect them to operate. When you get in that car, you shouldn't be thinking about, I hope I don't have an accident. If you think that way, one of these days you're going to have one. No, that's not the way I think. I, I hope I don't. The hope is not faith. No, I say, I will not have problems. Well, but pastor, you, you don't know. Uh, you can't control other people. And there's drunks around. No, I can't control. I can't control them, but I can control what gets in my sphere. Angels keep people away from me. No, I don't care who's out there or what they've done. It shall not come nigh my dwelling. This car is my dwelling for this moment. This house, this hotel room, this plane is my dwelling. This building, it's my dwelling. It's my dwelling. 
Praise God. Peter Youngman was once doing a crusade in, in Eastern Europe, and there was an attack of the devil. The devil often uses weather because he's God of this air. And, and, uh, and a tornado formed almost instantaneously, came into the, into the crusade grounds, and, came, and people were screaming and running. And there, an actual tornado, like a physical, you could see the twister. And it came up from the front, and it's a huge stage, big, big, huge place, 20,000 people, 30,000 people there. It's like the Sky Dome, but a little bit smaller. And it came in, and it came up, and there was a massive carpet, huge carpet on this big stage that he's preaching to thousands of people. And that tornado came in on the stage, he told me this himself, and it lift, picked up that carpet, and the carpet flew against him and hit him in the chest and knocked him down. And the tornado was just standing there. That's, that's demonic. That's not just natural. And he, st- <laughs> he stood back up. <laughs> Some of you just go into the fetal position. No, that's not the answer. He stood back up. He said, in the name of Jesus, you have no right. I'm a man of covenant. When I command you, you obey me. Jesus commanded the storm. And I command you to wither and disappear. And right in front of thousands of people, that twister, full strength went whoosh, like a wispy. And it went out, disappeared as he spoke to it. So you know, Jesus was a storm. Hardened fishermen crying like babies. Can you imagine the size of the waves? Hardened fishermen thinking they're going to die. Not tourists. For, for tourists, a three-foot wave, you think you're going to die. But a hardened fisherman thinking you're going to die, those waves were monstrous. And they're freaking out. They're convinced they're done. And all Jesus says is, peace be still. But the first thing he says before he even deals with it, so it's, he turns to them and goes, that's not the time, Lord Jesus, for a discussion. This is not a time to teach. Do that and then teach. Lord Jesus, you woke up, you're a bit, you're a bit you know, you got, you got a bit groggy, you got stuff in your eyes, you've been sleeping. I don't know how you were sleeping, but you were sleeping. In my course, I explained that that's the gift of faith that was on him to rest like that in that in situation. So he gets up with the gift of faith. And, but so, so what I'm saying is great faith doesn't do things in order. Because the order is deal with the storm and then rebuke the disciples. But if you read it, he has a chat with them while the storm's raging. No, no, we're going to get to the storm, boys, in just a second. Uh, You just have to sit there and wait, Mr. Storm. I've got to talk to these boys because that's more important right now. Boys, why did you doubt? What? Where is your faith? What do you mean? Where's our faith? We're going to die. But notice he still took the time to rebuke their faith. Then he turned and said, peace, be still. I love the fact that he talked to them before he talked to the storm. I love it because it means no matter what stress I'm under, the order of God, the divine order of heaven is faith first, then focus on the problem. Not focus on the problem, it's faith first. You're in a problem, it's faith first. Where is your faith? But don't you know they just gave me a thing about the tumor? Where is your, we'll talk about the tumor later. You sit there in the waiting room. Where is your faith? Deal with faith first, then the problem. Oh God, help us Jesus. I'm getting excited because this works. Psalm chapter 91. You know it. I know it. The devil knows it. God knows it. But we're going to read it. He that dwelleth in the secret place of the most high, that's walking in the spirit shall abide in the shadow of the Almighty. When you walk in the Spirit, God's with you. I will say of the Lord. You got to say it, say it, say it. 
He's my refuge, my fortress, my God, and him will I trust. Surely he shall deliver thee from the snare of the fowl and the noise. You've got to say it. I'll be delivered. He shall cover me with his feathers. Under his wings will I trust. Will I trust? His truth shall be my shield and buckler. The word, the promise of the word is my protection. Hallelujah. Thou shalt not be afraid of the terror by night, nor the arrow that flies by day. People creeping in the darkness and people bold in the daytime, you're not afraid. I'm not afraid. I'm not afraid. I'm not afraid of the guy sneaking around in his little panacloth in the night. I'm not afraid of you. I'm not afraid of that stuff. I'm not afraid of the daytime. Bold, sneaky, don't matter. I'm not afraid. You got to get this down in you. Are you with me? There's a rescue. I don't know who this is for, but it's a rescue for somebody. There was an urgency in my spirit to talk about protection. If I don't do it, Jenny, and something goes wrong, it'll hold the blood on my hands. Hallelujah. His truth shall be my Thou shalt not be afraid of the terror by night or the arrow that flies by nor for the pestilence that walks in darkness, nor for the destruction that wastes it. Maybe some of you should have meditated on this during COVID. Because pestilence is COVID. It's sickness. It's germs. It's, it, that's what it is. It's walking around in darkness, sneaky germs. Or destruction that wastes at noonday. Broad, bold attack. Uh, and the Bible says that I'm not afraid. Hallelujah. A thousand may fall at my side. And ten thousand at my right hand. But it shall not come nigh thee. Put you, make it personal. It shall not come nigh me. Only with my eyes shall I behold and see the reward of the wicked. Oh, it is their reward. Because they don't have covenants of promise. Because thou hast made the Lord, which is thy, my refuge, even the most high my habitation. There shall no evil befall thee, neither shall any plague come nigh thy dwelling. My brother and sister, I'm telling you. I'm not trying to be mean to you. I'm trying to help you. I still see people driving in their car with the windows up wearing masks. When I'm driving, that car is my dwelling. When I'm in this church, this church is my dwelling. Are you listening? Yeah. Don't, you know, that's not somebody that believes that it shall not come nigh my dwelling. That's somebody that believes it will come nigh my dwelling, so let me try to protect myself. Now, that's not the Bible. I know the, the, the country goes cross threads with the Bible, but my job is to teach the Bible, not what, they, not what Fauci teaches you. Amen. They'll teach you fear. Okay? <laughs> I know people don't like my story about pulling the mask out of the garbage, but people really didn't like that. A lot of people said, even ministers said to me, are you crazy? I guess I am. But I know God. I had to do that appointment. I could have just gone and asked for a mask. I could have. But I, they give you a really bad look. Like, you're, like, what's your problem? How disrespectful that you would come into a hospital and not have a mask. You know you have to have a mask. Why are you being a jerk? I, just, I wasn't in the mood. Because I was in a confrontational mood. Ever been in that way? I knew if they said something to me, I was going to let them have it. So I said, Lord, I don't want to go in without a mask because I'm, I'm feeling confrontational today. So I'm gonna, I don't want to miss this appointment. I don't know what to do. And he said, there's one over there. <laughs> and I said, where? He said, right there. And I saw one on the ledge of the garbage. And I said, you want me to use that one? Like even I questioned it for a second. And he said, uh, he said Son, listen, I'm not, I don't want to make me offended because people did not like it when I shared the story. I haven't shared it since, but I enjoy it, so I'll share it now. But, 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 I, but I heard, now I'm telling you on the truth, I heard the Holy Ghost say, listen to me, I'm trying to help you. I'm not telling you to do this. You just let me do this. 
But I heard the Holy Ghost say, if bubonic plague died in his hand. See, it's not about me being unwise. He's trying to teach me a lesson. If bubonic plague died in Lake's hand and you apply the blood to that cloth, can it touch you, son? I said, you are right. And I went there and I just wanted to please the Lord. I wanted to please the Lord. There was one on the edge. I, moved, I, I pulled the lid off the garbage. I, t- I, I looked past that one and I looked down and I just reached down. You know, like when you reach for a, like a name, you got a bunch of names and you just, and I just did, and I pulled one out and I said, now I apply the precious blood of Jesus to you and whatever germs are on this dies because of the bubonic plague died in his hand. Now it will die in my hand. Now, now you can judge me if you want, but God was teaching me something. It's a lesson for me in that. I'm not telling you to do that. But, but he was trying to teach me, son, I don't think the way you think. I don't think the way the government thinks. They are hedging their bets, but not you, son. Do you really believe? Of course I know I'm not going to get anything from that because of what he said. If the bubonic plague died, this is not the bubonic plague. But, but people, well, that's a lack of wisdom. No, your fear is a convenient disguise of wisdom. I got to stop this because I can tell people I'm losing them. It's like they love me and they're looking at me and now it's just like, really? <laughs> really? Anyway, we'll move on. I'm just telling you. I'm, I'm just telling you. He, 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 was, he was dealing with me. He was dealing with me when Cole Leakey was there before Cole even started. And that woman hacking, I mean, <laughs> I mean, she's, she's, she's red and there's, she's got a fever. You can tell because her face is dripping with, and I'm there with the dot with the boys and she doesn't have, this is before mask mandate. And she was, I know she was sick. You could tell she was sick. She looks like she's going to pass out and she's right there hacking and Luke's standing right here. So my, my, my automatic instinct was, and I did that. I did that and I turned him aside and I kind of looked at her. I'm very, I don't mean to be confrontational, but I really am sometimes. And I said, could you not wear a mask? I don't even like masks, but if you're going to hack like that, it's disrespectful. Leave or wear a mask or put do this or something. Just and it's all over everybody. That's disrespectful. So after I rebuked her and I, and I could feel fear because I know there's germs everywhere. And, I, and, and the Lord rebuked me. He said, what are you doing? I said, Lord, I'm, I'm protecting my son is what I'm doing. He said, did you apply the blood or not? I'm saying he's teaching me something. Well, well, yes, but. No, there is no but. Did you apply the blood? Well, yes. Well, then he's not trying to make me unwise, but you're going to understand that blood is so powerful. It doesn't matter if they, if they cough right into your mouth. Not that you should let them or try to make that happen. But if it did happen beyond your control, the power of the blood will smite that disease. And what he was trying to show me is, yes, you can move your son. But what you're doing is because you don't believe in the blood. That's why you're doing that. If you really believed, you would know when it touches his skin, it will die. Jenny, people can't understand. They don't, they don't like this preaching because we just had two years with everybody in fear. No, I'm serious. And people that want, they want to put, they want to do so many safety measures and I'm not against safety measures. What I'm saying is our covenant is so much greater than you have any idea. So can you take the spirit of what I'm saying and not get offended that I went fishing 
I'm not going to offend it that I, you know, I'm not going to ever do something foolish in the natural and put my child in harm's way. My job is to protect, but he was trying to show me, you've already protected, but you don't believe. You think it can get in. Do you understand what the blood is? When it covers, it's a force field. Everything that touches it dies. And your act of protection is an open door. Do you hear me? Because what I'm saying is, I don't believe. I have to do my part because I don't believe in the blood. I believe in it, but it's really not as powerful as, it's just, if things can get through. No, they can't. If you believe. That's why I could go into the malaria zone. That's why they would take people out with hazmat suits. And here is the 19, 20 year old coming without malaria pills in my shorts. I was half the man I am today. I was nice, fine looking specimen. <laughs> yes, Jenny remembers. That's when she fell in love with me right after that trip. She did. Five months later, she was 115 pounds. That's what I weighed. Go, shut up, stop laughing. It's going into that place. People dying everywhere, dying everywhere, everywhere. Doctors evacuated by helicopters. You don't go into that, it's foolish. But God said go. And so I just, I don't care if they, I mean, if they, listen, if they see, I'll kill the mosquito if I see it. But I got bites because I don't always see them. They're sneaky, they're little ninjas. But it don't matter, it don't matter, because you got, I got something called the blood. It don't matter. There's a, there's a, there's a governance over me. Yes. And I went village after village and helped and healed and raised people that would have died and didn't contract anything. Why? Because I understand. So don't talk to me about the nonsense COVID. You've never been in a malaria zone. If you've been through what I've been through, you would understand my extremism. Because I'm trying to bring you up from the dregs of what society and Christendom has put you in. And the Christian church has been worse than the world in some ways. So filled with fear and patheticness. I'm trying to lift you up to understand covenant. You interpret that however you want. Uh, okay, we've got to go fast now. Thousand fold only with the eyes of the wicked. Verse 19, because thou hast made the Lord, which is my refuge, even the most high my habitation. No evil shall befall thee. Neither shall he pray, come nigh thy dwelling. For he shall give his angels charge over thee to keep thee in all thy ways. They shall bear thee up in their hands as thou dash thy foot against a stone. Thou shalt tread, you tread upon the lion and the adder. The young lion and dragon, you tread under your feet. Because you have said that's animals, that's diseases, that's accidents, that's, that's rapists, that's any threat to you. You trample it because he has set his love upon me. Therefore, I deliver him. I will set him on high because he's known my name. He, the, he shall call upon me and I will answer him. I will be with him in trouble. I will deliver him and I will honor him. With long life will I satisfy him and show him my salvation. And just before we close, because I can't let you go without reading this, Exodus chapter 12, very quickly, please. This is my go-to main scripture. This is the first one I use every day. You don't, if you don't want it, don't take it. I'm just telling you what I do, and I'm telling you it works. Exodus chapter 12, verse 13. And the blood shall be unto you for a sign upon the houses where you are. When I see the blood, I will pass over you, and the plague, the plague, the plague shall not be upon you to destroy you when I smite the land of Egypt. The blood stops sicknesses. 
Verse 23 is the second verse that I use in this. For the Lord will pass through to smite the Egyptians. And when he seeth the blood upon the lintel and the two side posts, the Lord will pass over the door and will not allow the destroyer, the destroyer, the destroyer to come into your houses to smite you. The reason why people have destroyers come into their homes is because they don't understand the power of the blood. The reason why people have break-ins is because they don't understand the power of the blood. Destroyer speaks primarily of demons. The reason why things come in is because you don't understand the power of the blood or because you open the door by watching things you shouldn't. But if you don't open the door, it don't have a right to come. The reason why plagues come in you don't understand the blood. If you understand the blood and you really meditate on it until it gets into you, you know when you say it, it will obey you. Praise God. Hallelujah. Glory to God. I remember when that woman that had the haunted house and I cast that spirit out and it bit her tires. Remember that story? My wife always tells me I forget to tell the rest of the story because we were in our bedroom that night. Do you remember that? And we were talking about it. And I was explaining to her the terror and the fear and all that stuff. It was very fresh in my mind. And I was saying that to her and lo and behold, you know that Jenny? Those same two demons walked into our room. That big one and that little one. And they're standing right there and I'm telling you the whole atmosphere went <laughs> and she said they're there and I said I know they're there but see that anointing was still on me from earlier in the day and I said I know you've come. You've come to intimidate because you were kicked out. You can't come into this place. The blood of Jesus be against you. And I said, I command you to leave. And they both flew through the window. But they came to intimidate. They came to intimidate. And I asked the Lord later, why did they have a right to come onto my property? Why? I'm going to help you with this if you'll listen. He said to me, he said, today you applied the blood to yourself when you went into that haunted house, but you did not apply the blood to your home. See, sometimes I think it's just all in the brown bag. You shake it all up and it's the same for everything. He is that specific. He said, son, those things want retribution. They want to intimidate. They're angry that they have been ejected. When you should do this every day anyway, but especially when you're dealing with demons, don't just apply the blood to you. Apply the blood to your home because things will try to come after you sometimes if you've dealt with certain things in the spirit. Now he said, next time when you apply the blood, cover everything, not just you. Cover your car, cover your house, cover your property line, cover everything. And I said, Lord, okay, I'll never do that again. Because I went in there, I knew what I was in for a battle, Jenny. And I don't like the presence of demons. I never have. Some people are fascinated with them. I just personally don't like it. I don't want anything to do with them. They don't bring a happy feeling. There's a sick, disgusting feeling that they bring. And that terror is very real. And I don't like going into haunted houses like that. I don't. But God told me to go. I knew I had to go. He told me to go. I knew he was going to be with me. Is there any instruction on the way, Lord? He said, it's moving day. Meaning they're moving out. And I said, okay. I said, oh, you say things so uniquely. I appreciate that. It's moving day. All the way down. I could feel my emotions spiking because I knew what I was coming into. And I don't like that, that stuff. I could feel my emotions would go up and down. But I kept saying, no, it's moving day today. No, no, no. <laughs> no. Luke chapter 10 verse 19 says, I give you power over all the power of the devil and nothing shall by any means hurt you. Yes. And I kept quoting that verse. It cannot hurt me. It cannot touch me. And that's moving, and I'm not moving, it's moving. 
And I walked in and it's hiding. It don't want, Dad Hagen said they often hide. They don't want to show you where they are because they don't want you to address them. But all of a sudden, I, I'm doing, I, and then it tries to intimidate, walk right past me, let me feel its whole body, it's higher than me. And that terror, every, every, every hair is standing up. She's weeping, she's weeping in fear. The terror is so tangible in that room. And I mean, I can feel it. I mean, my heart's pounding. I'm sweating. Everything, it's not, it's not a fun experience. Do you understand? But, <laughs> but uh, he had said to me, because I had said, now I rebuke, nothing worked. And he said, talk about the blood. And as soon as I talked about the blood, that thing walked in. They hate the blood. It's one thing they cannot take. And he's trying to intimidate me so I won't keep speaking. I felt all those feelings. But he's standing there by the bed. He's about seven feet tall. And I looked at him and I pointed my finger at him. And I said, the blood of Jesus severs you, smites you, and drives you from this property. Go in Jesus' name. Right through the window. And then chewed up all the tires as he left the property gnawed upon them. The mechanic said, in 30 years, I've never seen this. He said, why are you eating your tires? Then he said, I didn't eat my tires. She said, he said, come into them. You know, they're not supposed to let people in there for insurance reasons. He said, look, she said, Pastor Craig, there were teeth marks and gnaw marks on all my tires like he had eaten part of the tire. She goes, what does that mean? I said, you don't need to know what that means. Don't open the door with your thought life. He's angry because he can't hurt you anymore. <laughs> but he showed up that night to try to intimidate me in the room. You only applied the blood to you, son. You didn't apply it to your house. If you'd applied it to your house, he couldn't have come. So get skillful in how you use the blood. Don't just believe in it. Get skillful in how you use it. So I say, I put a bloodline around my property, around every side, on every side, every, around everything. I cover the hangar. I cover the plane. I cover the oasis. I cover 140 Capitol Court. I cover our home. I cover our vehicles. I put a bloodline around our property line. And that's why we don't struggle. That's why we don't have things happen. And we never will. Because I believe in the power of the protection blood of Jesus. And I'm giving you a rescue tonight. So you will start speaking these verses and believing these verses. You are kept by the glorious power of God. Hallelujah. Apply the blood and release the angels. You will be, in ever, you will be ever like, a, like in a cloud bubble the rest of your life. Weapons will form, but they cannot prosper because you answered. Father, bless them in Jesus' name. And whoever this was for, I believe it's a good reminder for all of us, including me. We all take it tonight. But whoever this was for, I thank you that you quicken it to them extra special. That they would, that they would get the rescue that they need tonight and that whatever strategy is trying to be formed, it will not prosper against them. And they will be divinely safe. I apply the precious blood of Jesus over every person in this room, over every vehicle in this parking lot. I thank you as they travel, Lord, the blood goes with them as a great protector. Angels encamp about them to deliver them. And Lord, it don't matter what they say on the news. It doesn't matter what is going on in the world. We have divine supernatural protection in the covenants of God. And we will always remain safe and secure and sound. We bless you and we honor you in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen.